John 7, verse 38, 39. This is where we ended last week. Believe in me, Jesus said. Why? Why? So that. What does so that mean? Purpose. Purpose. Believe in me, so that rivers, say rivers, of living water mm, will burst, this is from the Passion Trend, will burst, gush from within you. Not believe in me so you can go to heaven and have a nice mansion. Just because Jesus said, I have a place for you, doesn't necessarily mean mansions. I'm just glad there's a place. In fact, I'm already in the place. I'm not all, I got a toe in, but I'm already realizing there's a place. And as far as I can comprehend, I'm already in a place in him. I'm, I'm, I'm already in him. Oh, I want to go so deep, but I'll leave, I'll leave you behind. I'm flowing, gushing from what? Your innermost, that inner man, that spirit man. I want to promise you today, if you're a child of the king, there is a river wanting to gush out of you. The problem is your screens are clogged. It's not that he doesn't want to. It's that it's pushing. You feel it sometimes. You know God's after you. And then some of us just feel guilty about it instead of just submitting. Jesus was prophesying about the Holy Spirit that believers were being prepared to receive. But the Holy Spirit had not yet been poured out upon them because Jesus had not yet been unveiled, 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 remember the veil in the temple, unveiled in his full splendor. So then how do we release the Spirit? I don't have time to summarize everything, but you know we've been saying we are three-part. We are Trinity like He is Trinity. We're made in His image. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I, I know you understand the concept, but until you start really getting a hold of Father, Son, Spirit, Oh, there's so much I want to say all at once. <laughs> if I keep going, I'll be preaching next week's message today. <laughs> we are also three parts. Spirit, soul, that's who you are. Your volition, your will, <clears throat> your decision making, your personality. And then there's body which we're not just talking body-body, but we're talking about the flesh. The soul is in the middle of the two, 
And even after you're saved, there's a war going on. Because the flesh is still saying, and at the same time, your spirit man, but you have free will, and you get to decide. Oh, that's too hard. That's because you don't understand. Listen, everything, isn't it interesting that the number three is the number of revelation? It seems that whenever God wants to reveal something, you need to understand it probably has three parts to it. Everything's in threes. Everything's in threes. And now scientists are beginning to understand this. I love it when science finally confirms the Bible. They won't admit it. They don't even see it. But I keep reading things, and I'm thinking, that's Bible. They don't, they don't get it, but the more they learn, the closer they get to the Scriptures. Even with evolution, one of these days I want to preach just on Noah's flood. Just how, how many would show up for that? Half of you. Okay. Because that flood changed everything. All right, stop. Every, every scientist looking through microscopes and telescopes are discovering everything is in threes. They look at the atom and they say neutrons, protons, and electrons. Those are the three parts of an atom. But they're not just sitting there. They're all revolving around each other and interconnecting with each other. And if you split those things up, you have a nuclear device. <laughs> That's what created the bomb. Of course, it could be used for good, nuclear power, or it could be used for evil. Hello, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Surely you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Lord. You look at the heavens. And you see planets in relationship to sun and light. You see all three interacting. Gravity actually has influence on light. So you got light, planets, and the sun all interacting with each other. Let me just say this about evolution. Evolution doesn't make sense because everything Everything in life right now depends on everything else. Everything is interconnected. You can't just start with one cell from, from a strike of lightning. You know what that is? Frankenstein. I've created a monster. Yeah, you have. I don't know about you, but every time lightning strikes anything on the planet, it usually kills it. One cell can't live without the other cell. You can't have part of creation existing without the other part. Evolution doesn't make sense. Everything's interconnected. They say, well, the human, can I, y'all got an hour? 
the human eye. Just think about the eye. <laughs> and by the way, I can, I can connect this to my message. You have two eyes. Each eye is seeing something different, a different perspective. But the two eyes come together, and the brain makes sense of it and shows you what the two eyes are seeing. Hello, Holy Spirit, Father, Son. <laughs> the doctor tells me one eye is... One eye's 20, 20, well, one, one eye's 20, one eye's 30. So I wear glasses to kind of get, get the 20, 20. I can see you just about as well like this, but if I close the, oh, there, where'd you go? <laughs> but they call it 20, 30 because the two eyes come together and my brain makes up as much as it can for the bad eye. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They say the eye, how complicated that is. But it took billions and billions of years for that eye. But yet they say, what was that thing called? It's, it's, I think it's called a tribulite or a triba, tribophlite or something. Come, some, little, some little creature in the sea. I mean, it's at the bottom of the evolutionary scale. Okay, it's very uncomplicated except for its eyes that are more complicated than the human eye. It's at the bottom of the evolutionary scale. So how did its eye form and got better than my eye? Oh, I could talk all day long on this and absolutely convince you that the earth is not millions of years old. It's about 6,000 years old. And we, didn't, and we didn't come from a monkey. Some of you act like it sometimes, but we didn't come from a monkey. Everything is interconnected. And that's what I'm feeling this morning, the love of God, as we are interconnected. Let's go to Romans chapter 6, verse 6. I wanted to get to Romans 8, but we just got to lay foundation. Knowing this, and knowing this. That our old man, say old man, was crucified with him. That the body of sin, and body of sin, just don't worry about the word sin. We're talking about the flesh here. Might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Okay, so this scripture, stay there. This scripture is looking back at what God did. You got me? Put your thinking caps on. And there's three things here we need to understand. Number one, knowing this. But not every Christian knows this. But once you know this, it changes your life. Without, what is the Old Testament Proverbs? People die for lack of vision. Lack of knowledge. We need to know, renew the mind. Knowing this. It talks about the old man. Again, not your husband. The old man is your old nature. That 
old man was crucified with him. The old man, sin has been dealt with. The old man is dead. And that means you can live with the new man. Your spirit man is now or can be in charge of your life if you will just yield to your spirit instead of your flesh. That, that, that purpose that the body of sin, the flesh, might be done away with. Now, that's, that's clumsy. What does that say? What is that in the Greek? Might be done away. So one thing is crucified. Something else has the potential of being done away with. In the Greek, literally what it's saying is that the body of sin, the flesh, might be retired. That the flesh might be put out of a job. Come on now. That it, that it might be, un, I guess just unemployed is one of the best ways of putting it. Are you, are, you, are you with me? The body of sin is the flesh. It, there's the word I was looking for. It is annulled or unemployed. The problem is too many of us keep giving it work. We keep rehiring and allow the flesh back in. You say, well, I can't say no. I'll get to that. I'll get to that. We're going to talk about how to crucify the flesh. Now, one thing has been crucified. Something else needs to be crucified. What has been crucified is your old man. Sin its penalty and its power has been done away with in you. Sin no longer has power over you, which means you have the power of life in you, which means you can say no. Even more powerful, I keep getting ahead of myself, you can say yes. Some of us are so busy saying no, we forget to say yes. I'll get to that in a minute. Verse 7. Verse 7. Are you still with me? Verse 7, Romans chapter 6. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Old man, dead, free from sin. Say it with me. I am free from sin because the old man is dead. Nailed to the cross with Christ. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. It's not enough to die. We need the resurrection. Jesus didn't just die for our sins. He proved his power over it by being raised from the dead. There is yet a resurrection. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Keep going. 
For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also. I reckon. Account it. It's a business term. Reckon yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God. There's the no, there's the yes. But alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Reckon yourselves. Reckon yourself. It's an accounting term. In other words, here's my word to you. Do the math. You're dead. Sin has no power over you. You are now alive to God. Therefore, do not let sin, apparently you have the power, do not let, do not allow the flesh. Because when you indulge the flesh, it leads to more sin, the very sin you're supposed to have power over. So don't indulge the flesh. Don't let it reign in your body that you should obey it in its lusts. Is this too much? You okay? And do not present, offer your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. Don't give in to the flesh. But present yourselves to God. Say yes to God as being alive from the dead and your members, your mind, your, your soul, as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. You are, un, you are not under law. You were under grace. You were not under condemnation. You were under freedom. You are not being judged. You are free. Give God praise if you're hearing what I'm saying. So, from last week, how do we release the Spirit? Reckon yourself dead. Hello? Do the math. Number two, embrace brokenness. I was reading the other day, there are only two things that really make change happen in our lives. Love and suffering. Love and suffering. And didn't Jesus do both? All right. If I go there, you'll lose me. We have to embrace brokenness. If you don't understand that, get last week's message. Number three, remove clutter. Your, 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 your man, your... Your person is only so strong. So, so try, you know, tr- try to get rid of the clutter in your life, the things that make that filter between your soul and your spirit. You need to keep that filter clean. It happens through forgiveness. It happens through intentionality, saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm not, I'm not cl- and, and it comes through saying yes to him. Keeping that filter clean. Come on. And number four, being renewed. 
by the washing of the Word. Stay in the Word. Well, I read the Bible once 10 years ago. I've used this illustration so many times, you should have it down. But, but remember back in the day when you had to go get coal, you had a coal basket, not that I remember. And the coal basket would naturally get coal dust. It would get black. He told his little grandson, go down to the creek and get me some water and take that basket. But, Daddy, the basket leaks. Take it. Filled it up with water. By the time he got back to the house, it was empty. Go back again. He went back about three times. He said, Dad, uh, Grandpa, this isn't working. Every time I come back, the water's already out. He said, yeah, but look at the basket. It's clean. It's clean. Now, I guess I'm saying you leak. But the word is not meant for one and out. It's not meant to collect the Spirit. It's meant for the flow of the Spirit. And as you flow in the Word and stay in the Word every day, it's a washing. It removes the clutter. It removes the dirt. It keeps you open to the things of the Spirit. So we need the renewing by the washing of the Word of God. Listen, Get that there's a difference between being in Christ and abiding in Christ. If you're saved, you're in Christ. The Spirit is in you. In fact, Paul said if, you, if the Spirit's not in you, you're not, you're not one of His. But there's a difference between the Spirit being in you and the Spirit flowing. There's a difference between in Christ and abiding in Christ. And we have to get to that place where we're not just connected, but we're flowing. And in case the devil messes with you, let me assure you that what is connected should naturally be flowing. When you plant a potato, you get a potato. In fact, you plant a potato, you get ten potatoes. I would be very shocked. If I put a potato in the ground and I dig it up and it's a tomato, how many know that's not possible? Because it's connected. It becomes what it's connected to. The vine and the branch. What, it's DNA. What was in the seed is in the fruit. So take that and be encouraged by that because if you just say yes to God, it's not about saying, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Oh, quit. It's like that Chinese torture. The more you try, the harder it gets. It's really not so much about saying no to the flesh. It's more about saying yes to God. Everything you need is already in you. Just say yes. Just yield. Do y'all know what yield means? When you don't do it, you have accidents. <laughs> Hello? If the sign says yield, you, you look, and if something else is coming, let it go. I got a word for some of you. Let it go. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Anybody with me? 
The first thing about being in Christ is about position. You are positionally saved and in Christ. But when you, when you get the flow of the Holy Ghost, that's about relationship. It's one thing to, it's kind of like, it's kind of like adoption. Okay? You get adopted into the family, you get the family name. But how many know when you first adopt a child, let's say it's an older child, that child comes with all the baggage of being in foster homes and, and being rejected and all that. It has the bad. It's your child has your name. That child's going to inherit everything you got. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. Y'all didn't hear me. Has your name? Has That child can go to the refrigerator and eat anything in there. Come on. That's your son. That's your daughter. But when you first adopt that child, there's problems. There's that fight between old life and new life. There's that comparison. There's that all that going on. But eventually that child keeps saying yes to the adopted parents and finally comes to the, finally comes to the conclusion and finally accepts the fact. You know what? All that junk back there doesn't matter because now I'm safe. Now I'm loved. Now I have an inheritance. Now I have a new name. Now I have a future. It doesn't matter about that stuff back then. I've been adopted. And have a new name. And eventually that overwhelms and gets rid of the past and gives them confidence of the future. My God, I'll tell you the devil doesn't want me to tell you this. I don't care what he wants. Someone praise the Lord. John 12, verse 24. I'm I'm trying to stay to my notes, but it is really hard. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Until you kill the flesh, you won't produce fruit. I didn't say you weren't connected. Didn't say you weren't going to heaven. I said you won't produce much fruit. But he who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Now, there's, now here's the thing about moving things from Greek to English. The English only has one word for life. It's Life. Just want to see if you're listening. Only three got it, so uh, maybe you're not. But in the Greek, there are two words for life. And at the beginning of this, he who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life. Those two Greek words are, are the word suke. It's where we get the word psychology. It's your psyche. It's your soul. He who crucifies the flesh and hates that life 
and loses it, gains, they had to put that word eternal in there. That's not in the Greek. It's just that word life, which is zoe. And zoe is unconditional love life. Zoe is eternal life. If you get, if you let your soulish life, your fleshly life die, you gain eternal life. And it's not talking about salvation here so much as just walking in the life of the Spirit instead of the life of the flesh. But you have to let it go. I didn't say you had to fight it. I said you have to let it go. Anybody with me? Are you still here? <laughs> First John 5.12, again, same author, same person. He who has the Son has life. Uh, he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. It starts there. Zoe. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. Let's get this. How many, how many appreciate me giving you some word? That he would grant you, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, sounds pretty unlimited, to be strengthened with might through his spirit, where? In the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in solid doctrine. Wait, what, what? That you being rooted and grounded in the church of God. Y'all just deflated my ego. That you be rooted and grounded in being right. Now, you being rooted and grounded in love. <laughs> Don't brush this off. It's huge. It makes all the difference in the world. Next verse, may be able to comprehend. You can't. Listen, you're not going to get the truth until you learn to love. But we got it backwards. May be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the, and the, and the, and the, And I'll tell you what that, I'll tell you what the dimensions mean. There was a, there was a, a bishop that was in, in, uh, in China, and he was in prison, and they were building his gallows, this about 100 years ago, building the gallows that they were going to hang him on outside his window. hate it when that happens. And he sat there in his prison cell, and he kept looking out at the gallows. And day by day, they built it, built it up, built it up. And he knew he was going to hang on. And he kept looking at the gallows, and he read that scripture in Ephesians that you might be able to understand the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ, which passes understanding. And as he looked out at the gallows, his eyes, you know how your eyes will focus differently? And his eyes drew back and focused on the bar cells, and guess what he saw? And as long as you focus on the, the gallows don't matter. And you'll never know the love of God until you understand what he did for you. 
that you may be filled with all the fullness. Filled with fullness. Isn't that cool? Of God. A couple more verses. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, I think Paul's like, how do I say this? Exceedingly abundantly, above all. <laughs> he started with all and just kept going back. <laughs> that we may ask or even think according to the power. Did you know power works in you? Not your power, his power. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all, everybody, even to Journey Life Center forever and ever. Amen. Are you with me? Do I have more? No. That's good enough. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. I got to hurry up. You okay? So this is where I wanted to be four weeks ago. Now remember chapter 7, Paul says, I'm in a fight. Right? Oh, wretched man that I am. That was the first sermon. Oh, wretched man that I Who shall deliver me? I thank God through Jesus Christ. And then remember in the original there are there are no chapters. There's no verse numbers. It's just all, all one thing. So as soon as he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ, he doesn't say, chapter 8. He's just, he's just going on. And, and, and the very next word out of his mouth is, there is, therefore, now, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And watch this, especially for those who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Which one are you walking in? For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Oh, this is too much. For what the law, do's and don'ts, could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness, likeness of sin. He loved us so much he became one of us on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled, penalty, in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? That's next week. In fact, I'm going to call it dancing in the Spirit. i got to hurry up. Are you still okay? Where am I? Romans 8. All right. There is therefore now no condemnation. The penalty and power of sin is dead. The spirit in you has been regenerated, and now you have the ability to walk in the spirit. You can be a spirit man. The evidence, what's the evidence? What's the proof? You have the fruit of the spirit in your life. That's the proof. Not how many miracles, not how many people you raise from the dead, 
Because that can be faked. That can be done with demonic power. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's the fruit. There's nine fruit of the Spirit. Nine is the number of fruitfulness. But you know what? Again, there's no commas. There's no periods. Can you imagine reading with no periods, no commas, no exclamation points, no question marks, just words? So you know what? In Galatians where it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, you could put a semicolon right there. The fruit of the Spirit is love as expressed by the other eight. Because if you don't have love, you're not going to have the other eight. He said, yeah, but nine is the number of fruitfulness. Yeah, but eight is the number of new beginnings. It's the new man. It's the fresh start. And you're not going to have patience, forbearance, and long-suffering, and gentleness, and meekness. You're not going to have all those if you don't have love. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That's why I have problems with these judgmental people who seem to be able to just always go for the jugular. and can always find out what's wrong with you, but never what's right with you. And they're just angry all the time. <laughs> and I'm not saying you should be some, all right, hippie. <laughs> you know, we have some choruses with numbers on them. So I don't, I, sometimes I'll just look back at Michelle and I'll, I'll give her a number. And I turned around one day and I did this. She goes, Peace? Peace be to you, too. <laughs> no, number two. <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> Peace is good, too. Peace is good, too. <laughs> the fruit, the fruit, the fruit, the fruit. He said, well, how do I make that happen? You don't. You have his spirit in you. That's the seed, and what if you yield to the Spirit, you're only going to get that fruit. Potatoes produce potatoes, not tomatoes. Tomatoes. Are you feeling me? All right, back to the Word. Galatians 5, verse 16. i got to hurry up. I feel like I'm wearing you out. I say then, walk in the Spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Just keep walking. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. There's a war. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. You're not worried about the law. You're free from the penalty of the law. Oh, isn't God good? In God good. Verse 25. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk. Oh, there's a difference. There's a difference between being in the Spirit and walking 
in the Spirit. And my whole point of this series is to teach you how to walk in the Spirit, how to not just be saved but act like it and walk in it, to walk in the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.17, let me just give you some word. 2 Corinthians 3.17, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. My God, hallelujah, hallelujah. Romans, let's go back to Romans 8. We'll try to wrap it up with this, which means I only have a half hour left. Romans 8, verse 5. You're all worried now. Romans 8. The reason this sermon's so long is because it's taken them so long to get to these scriptures. This is from the Passion Translation. Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. Oh, get that. For the mindset, say mindset, of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep going. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to his direction because it can't. For no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by the flesh. But when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh but by the Spirit. And if you are not joined to the Spirit of the Anointed One, you are not of Him. Now, Christ lives his life in you. When the Father looks at you, he sees your brother. He lives his life. Oh, that's, that's more powerful than you're letting on. And even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, his life-giving spirit imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by God. Fully accepted by God. If you'd really get that, you would love him to the day you die. Come on, adopted kid. Yes, God raised Jesus to life. And since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, he will also raise your dying body. This is not the end of time. This is now. By the same spirit that breathes life into you. So then, beloved ones, the flesh has no claim on us at all. Ignore your flesh. It has no power. And we have no further obligation to live in obedience to it. For when you live controlled by the flesh, you are about to die. But if the life of the Spirit puts to death the corrupt ways of the flesh, crucifying your your flesh, we then taste his abundant life. Isn't that powerful? Go back to Romans chapter 8, verse 9, one more time in the Passion. Verse 9, but when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh, but by the Spirit. And if you're not joined to the Spirit of the Anointed One, you're not one of His. You are joined to the Spirit. Embrace it. And God will give you everything you need to not just be victorious, but to bear fruit. 
We need to move from being joined to being yielded to the flow of the Holy Spirit. I, I just keep emphasizing the word yield. It's yes. When you're tempted, instead of saying no, say yes. N not to the flesh. I want to make sure I don't confuse anybody here. Say yes to him. Because everything you need to fight the flesh is already in you. The penalty and power of sin is dead. So sin can't control your flesh anymore. So you can tell your flesh, I'm yielding to the Holy Spirit. Does that help anybody? Does that? You say, listen, you're not going to get this overnight. You've got to practice this. Don't just, well, I hope Pastor will lay hands on me. Say, no, it ain't going to work that way. You got to get into these scriptures. Take the you got you got these scriptures. Take it home, read it, live in it, dwell in it. I'm praying that God will manifest His love in your life like never before, because it'll totally change your life and allow the fruit of the Spirit to flow in your life. Do I have an amen to that? In other words, you need to just allow it to happen. Romans 8, 4. Let me just give a couple of scriptures. I won't. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Colossians 1, verse 26. The mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations. Anybody want in on the secret? But now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. What is it? It's Christ in you. The hope of glory. Uh, Galatians, number two. No, no, just going. One more, one more. Galatians 2.19. I'll, I'll be done. Galatians 2.19. What actually took place is this. I tried keeping rules and working my head off to please God, and it didn't work. So I quit being a lawman so that I could be God's man. Christ's life showed me how and enabled me to do it. I identified myself completely with him. Indeed, I have been crucified with Christ. My ego is no longer central. I know it is something no longer important that I appear righteous before you or have, a good, have your good opinion, and I am no longer driven to impress God. Christ lives in me. The life you see me living is not mine, but it is lived by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I am not going to go back on that. Wow. Stand with me. Praise God. We have got to move from just being in Christ to learning how to abide in Christ, clean out the filters, and allow the Holy Spirit, allow the Holy Spirit to not just be in you, but released. I said released in you, flowing. Listen, you're going to learn this next week. It's all about the flow. 
It's all about the flow. Remember what I said? Electrons, neutrons, protons. It's not that they exist in there. It's that they're interrelated. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And guess what? It's a secret. We have a place at the table. <laughs> Why would God do that? <laughs> because he loves us. Father, how we love you. How we praise you. How we just lift up that name that's above every name and give you all the glory. We thank you for being who you are. The Father, the Son, the Spirit. Three persons, one God. And we're invited into the mystery. I know you want us to know how much you love us. We'll spend all eternity learning. Mm. Father, start us on this journey of breaking through to you, of learning how to walk in the Spirit, to be a spiritual person and not a carnal person, Christian. Help us to be a spiritual Christian and not a carnal Christian. Not because you're offended, because you forgave us already, but because it holds us back. It holds us back from you. So God, forgive us. I know you have. We accept that forgiveness. And we love you, and we thank you, and we praise you. Ah, oh, sorry. I just feel like I just want to talk to him for a while. Oh, Jesus. You know, Jesus told us we have to forgive people seven times 70. So doesn't he? Y'all aren't getting it. How many times have you beat yourself up and said, I don't know if you'll ever forgive me for that? He already did. Y'all aren't getting this. I don't, it just dawned on me, I don't know that we need to ask for forgiveness. We need to accept forgiveness. Am I blowing, it, am I blowing your mind on this? Or I mean, is God blowing your mind on, on the, in this series? It's not about asking for forgiveness because it's already granted. It's about accepting forgiveness. 
It's like, it's, it's like Blake did something and it really made me mad. Or it should have. And he finally realizes it and he comes and he said, and I don't know, people do this all the time, by the way. They come up to me and say, Pastor, I owe you an apology. And I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> I really don't because I, I don't hold grudges. And I don't, I, I, and, and if, you, if you do bother me, by the way, you, you can't offend me, but you do make me mad sometimes. But I refuse to be offended. There's scripture for that. But Blake would come up and say, forgive me. And I'm thinking, okay. Already did. Don't even know what you're talking about. Because he, he, he throws our sins in the sea of forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west. Not the north from the south. East from the west. Because if you keep going north, eventually you go south. But if you keep going east, you just keep going east. <laughs> you never you never change direction. Just, just going east forever. By the way, it works that way with West too. Isn't that powerful? Now I know some of you are going, what? What's it? Think about it. I don't know that we have to ask for forgiveness. Because he's already forgiven us. He turned to the thief and said, today. The thief never asked for forgiveness, but Jesus saw his heart. He said, today, today, Julie, today, you're going to be with me in paradise. And I'm sure the thief didn't say, yes, mostly because his hands were strung up. I got my ticket. I made it in. No, he was just glad to be there. He was just overwhelmed with the love of God. He, he just, he just, all it was, he didn't have any, he didn't understand anything. He'd never been taught a word by Jesus. He just loved the man. Today, you don't have to die to be with him. Today, right now, let's be with him in paradise. Embrace his presence. I want you to do something right now as you, and, and in a moment when we come to the table, we'll pray for you if you need prayer, but I, this is not really about answering prayer today. This is about saying yes to him. I want you to start practicing yes. Whenever you're tempted, just say yes, Holy Spirit. Just figure out how to yield because everything you need is already there. Just let it happen. Quit saying no to the devil and just say yes to God. And your whole, your whole life will change. One man said, we'll always have a battle between flesh and spirit. I'm not here to tell you you're going to get to the place where the devil never bothers you and, the, and you have no problem with the flesh anymore. But it does get easier. And you, do go, and you do go higher. I said you do go higher. You'll always have a battle, but the war is won. 
<laughs> Good timing. The war is won. Sin has been defeated. It has no power. There is no penalty. You've been forgiven, not just forgiven, accepted into the beloved. You have a seat at the table, not because you're all that, but because he loves you as you are. And that motivates me to crucify the flesh by saying yes to the Holy Spirit. My God, if the Holy Spirit lives in you, don't you think you have some power? I want power to raise the dead. How about power? How about just power over the flesh? <laughs> some of you need to start little. <laughs> Let's gather around the tables. If you need prayer, come on down. I haven't got much left anyway. I tell you, the enemy does not want this message preached. And I, maybe only 10% of you got it this morning, but that's okay. Your moment will come. Let's worship. Let's sing this song. Let's worship. If you need prayer, come on. As many of you as possible. Remember I said we need to learn how to abide. That means eating the body and blood of Jesus. That's abiding. That's symbolic of that abiding in the flesh. Come on. Come on down. Come on down. Everyone, don't, don't be in a hurry. If you need prayer, come on. We'll pray with you.